Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan. I'm Jordan. And today we're going to be talking about Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about Act 1 and the first interlude. Yeah, and so yeah, this is a very interesting <laughs> very interesting game. So we'll jump right in. Hopefully the description, I don't even know if it'll capture what the game's about, but uh, we'll give it a shot. Uh, so Kentucky Route Zero is a magical realist adventure game in five acts featuring a haunting electronic score in a suit of hymns and bluegrass standards recorded by the bed quilt ramblers rendered in a striking visual style that draws as much from the theater film and experimental electronic art as it does from the history of video games this is a story of unpayable uh, debts abandoned futures and the human drive to find community all right so yeah, a lot of uh, different things this game is. A uh, little uh, background on the game itself. It was developed by Cardboard Computer. Uh, this is their only game uh, out. And then also, this game actually began as a Kickstarter, which oh, is nice. pretty interesting. Uh, just seeing that you know it got fully funded and ultimately came out. I think, too, I'll have to double check on this, but I think that the first episode came out in 2013, but the final episode maybe didn't come out until like january 2020 or something so and it used to be pc only and then in january they brought it over to ps4 and xbox and all of that stuff switch uh so kind of interesting this like i would say unique path to being made yeah definitely i mean i know i've, I've heard of other games being kickstarted not not too many i don't think any i've played but i think a lot of like steam games um, computer games start mm-hmm. can start kickstarted. Um, I think it's a lot a way a lot of people get their game from like maybe a small indie game to either a slightly larger indie game or just a really big game or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it is mostly a start as a PC and then uh, potentially funding to get it there. I think Night in the Woods was a Kickstarter also. Oh, um, cool. Then I guess I have played one. <laughs> but I, I think that's the only one we've played that's been a Kickstarter before. But yeah, it's it's a cool idea for sure. I try to look at Kickstarter periodically because like, that would be cool to fund the next Kentucky Route Zero or the next Night in the Woods or something. Like That would be cool to help make that happen. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Cool. I guess with that, we'll jump into kind of our the game itself, but... We did have one question off top since it happens right at the beginning of the game, which uh, is essential, which is, what did you name your dog? Because um, you get yeah. to name, you, you have a dog with you and you can choose to name it. What what were the options? I can't remember. I think your options are Blue. Uh, there's another name that I don't remember. I feel like it's something like Harold, but not Harold. Um, at, <laughs> so something not not like the dog at all. <laughs> yeah, like a people name that's semi formal, and then I think the other one is that's not my dog, um, which is weird. <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whose dog that is. <laughs> I personally went with Blue for this. I thought that was a good dog name, and the formal name wasn't one that appealed to me. So I was like, sure, Blue sounds like a quality dog name to me. Yeah. Th- I named them the same. It was blue. It because he was like gray, like a gray looking color, I think. So it just uh, it fit. And then yeah, I don't remember the other name, but it definitely didn't remember it not being a dog name or yeah. what the dog looked like. Yeah, yeah, it felt like um, yeah, it didn't it didn't it didn't land for me for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Ludo Narrative, Narrative on Twitter said, uh, Blue, I'm not a dog person or owner, but Blue felt right to me. Something dependable and simple. Yeah. I, like, I agree. I like that. Yep. Yep. Sabrina on Twitter said, My dog is named Blue. So sure. I, I, I kind of wonder if most people just did Blue and the other one was just like a throwaway name. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Fun, funny that it, it came up even, uh, but I thought it was worth asking about. Okay, so we'll begin with Act 1. The game starts with your character, who's a truck driver named Conway, and he shows up at this gas station. And you start chatting with the gas attendant, whose name is Joseph, and you ask for directions to a place called Five Dogwood Drive. And the uh, attendant says, Oh, you're going to need to use Kentucky Route Zero to get there. But I don't exactly remember how to get to Route Zero. However, a friend of mine, Weaver Marquez, she does know how to get there. And so you're already kind of starting off in this like weird vein of, okay, like, (laughs) uh, it's just sort of a weird interaction to even start the game with. Yeah, the, the dialogue's funny and quirky. And then also this... Apparently this guy's blind, which I didn't pick up on initially. So that was interesting. Oh, okay. I missed that also. That makes sense. Yeah, they mention it. I think either Weaver or, as we meet later, Shannon mentions it, but I can't remember. I think Weaver mentions he's uh, blind. Okay, that makes sense um, as as a, a thing, I guess, as you go. So you, he says, okay, well, you can... You can find your address by logging into my computer. Uh, that'll pull up my address book, and you can find out uh, where Weaver lives. I can kind of describe it, but it would be better to just have the address. So you can go there. She'll tell you how to get the Route Zero. It, but my power's out. So <laughs> you're going to have to turn my power on because the electric company turned my power off. So if you use my generator, that'll boot up my electricity. You can get on my computer, and then you can find this address so you go into the basement to turn on the generator and there are three people there emily ben and bob and they're playing a, a tabletop game it seemed kind of like D. yeah yeah it did yeah and they're blocking the way it's strange they don't seem to see or hear you they don't acknowledge you at all like they'll be talking to each other about something related to the game and you'll try to interject and nothing will happen um it's 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 super odd eventually they as they're talking they say okay well we need to start the game but we need the glowing dice um or we need our dice um and they're like no it's dark i can't find it and they say well it's glowing so (laughs) you should be able to see it it would be easy they're like well no it like fell down the stairs over that way i don't want to go down there so they're kind of bickering with each other so you go um, and turn the flashlight or lamp that you have off and end up finding the glowing dice yourself. You return to the table and they're all gone. Creepy. Yeah, very weird. It sort of sets this tone of like, okay, what? Like, you know, right before this up up, up um, at the gas station, you're already like, all right, things are a little strange. And then this happens and you're like, all right, this is getting pretty weird. Like things are quirky and odd. And it's weird that you have the dice, but they're not there. So uh, how that worked out, you can choose to keep the dice too or not, or put it on the table. Um, 
I kept the dice. Do you remember what you did? I think I put it on the table. Um, I was kind of afraid okay. they were like ghosts and they were going to haunt me or something if I kept it. So I, I put it back. Uh, smart. I wonder if that will affect for either of us. I'm glad we did different things. I, I just kept it because I was like, all right, whatever. We'll see. I, I, I think um, it offered me to put it down and I chose not to. And I turned the power on it, and then it wouldn't let me put it down. So um, <laughs> I maybe would have put it down on my way back out, but it wouldn't let me. So <laughs> I, that's good. If that makes a, a difference in our games, that would be cool. They're gone. You turn the address, or you turn the, not the address, the power on, and you can go find this address on the computer. You have to uh, type in passwords and stuff, and or type in answers to riddles or, like, write poems that this guy would write basically to <laughs> uh, to get in uh did you have any trouble with this or did it just work for you um i went through a it's it's weird so you like answer one you type in one thing then you have to type uh-huh. in another thing then another thing i think it took me like three three tries or something it was, it was kind of difficult okay wow i wasn't sure if there was a thing i got it all right the first time oh really yeah, but, but uh, clearly just an accident. Um, like, I was like, okay, what do I think this guy would say? And I happened to choose them right, but I didn't have to go through any sequence. It just worked. Or maybe I chose, like, the same thing twice. I don't know. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, sometimes in the, like, the di- dialogue options, there was, like, you know, like, three choices, and it would give you the same choice. Or, like, you, you could kind of go back and then click the same dialogue choice. I, I might have done that. I'm not sure. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was like a, a real password or not, or if just whatever you did made it go forward. I I, I wasn't sure because I was surprised that the couple answers I chose, it just like, I answered the three questions and then I got to log in and I was like, wow, I can't believe that worked. Like Maybe I did <laughs> do it. I, I don't know. It, it, okay. Who's to say? <laughs> no. Yeah. I could totally see it being a thing that any three get you in. I could see that too. Um, cause it would be sort of weird and annoying to have to do like the correct three sequence, you know, but either way, ultimately you get the address um, and you come out, you talk to Joseph and say, Hey, there were people in your basement, but now they're not there. And he's like, Oh, that's not real. Basically strange things do happen. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> I feel like is like a really good, uh, like, I don't know, silly trope or whatever of like, you're in a spooky movie, like spooky movies say things like that. You're like, well, you know, people do get weird sometimes. And you're like, no. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was kind of fun of like, ah, strange things happen. He butt dismisses you and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, go ahead. You can finish this part now. I got a little comment. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, also he, he tells you, uh, Hey, I borrowed a TV from um, um, the Marquez's, uh, I don't know, a long time ago. So I put it in your truck and you can take it back to her. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. You're like, random. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, I guess at this point, maybe maybe he's not actually blind. Like, I don't know how he'd know the power was out. I don't know how he'd use his computer. And I don't know how he'd grab the TV and put it in your car while all being blind. So... Maybe I misremembered, or they just say he's blind, but he's not really blind. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, uh, maybe that'll come up later. I don't know. You no, know, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe he has um like really bad eyesight. Like, 
Um, and so he can, like, he could see the shape of his TV or something. It's not, like, full blind, but, like, but still has, like, issues seeing. Maybe that's what they meant? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up later. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Cool. Okay, so from here, you get back into your truck, and you head off to the Marquez house to find out uh, how to get to Route Zero. You get a kind of map pulled out, and you can he uh, you can follow like the road to go to where you need to. Also, you can just drive around and go to other places. Um, I didn't actually end up doing that, but you could. Um, I'm gonna do that next episode for sure. I just didn't know I could. Um. <laughs> yeah, I went to a few different places, but did you? Yeah, okay. not not nice. um, not necessarily even on purpose. I think I just didn't know where I was going a lot of the time, so I oh sure. I like found different places, like a museum, and there was something else. I forget what it was called. Maybe another gas station. I can't remember. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I ended up just going straight to uh, the Marquez house. Uh, so you end up seeing a map kind of be pulled up, and then you, and there's like some things on the map like uh, that are listed. But uh, yeah, there's there's not a ton of spots along the way you can stop, but there are a few. Uh, but anyway, go to the Marquez house. Um, Conway goes, he gets there, he brings the TV up, and he talks to Weaver. And she tells him, to uh, set her TV up and to go find her cousin named Shannon. And she says, you know, if you do this stuff, like, I could tell you how to get to the Zero. And you're kind of like, well, I mean, I'd rather just go to the Zero. Could you do that instead? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's trying to get him to help with something. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It felt like, um, A, like, you just got sent on... You're like, all right, am I being, like, sent on everyone's errands? Like you know, uh, telephoning my way to finding this address I need to. Yeah. <laughs> and so you are kind of like, all right, fine. Like, I'll, I'll do what you want if it goes alongside of what I want. One of the things he does is he plugs in the TV, and it seems fairly normal. And Weaver is like, no, that's not, that's not right. And you're like, I've plugged in a TV before. Like, come on. Yeah. Of course it's right. Um, and she's like, nah, I don't know. And she like messes with it for a second and it goes sort of staticky and Conway just sort of like zones out while he's looking at the TV and kind of sees the background behind him shift a little bit. And then he like unzones out and she's like, okay, um, cool. You can, um, if you go here, uh, if you go to the old mine, the zero will be through that, and you'll be able to like get your way there. And you're like, all right, cool, sounds sounds good. Uh, I'll see you later. Yeah, it's she was pretty weird. Yeah, and then she also kind of disappears too. From what I remember, after you're done talking to her, she's just kind of gone. I think you're right. Yeah. So uh, it feels again sort of sort of similar to the gas station of like okay you got some more information but it's still weird um I guess I'll go to the next place sort of thing so uh a bit odd you make it to Elkhorn mine that's uh where she says that the route 0 is through and you get there and inside you find Shannon on the phone 
and she's talking to someone about eviction. Um, you're only hearing her side of the conversation, so it's like, oh, but I have money for two weeks, or no, I understand, or, you know, different things like that. It's clear the conversation's not going well for her. And then she hangs up, and you find out that this is Shannon, Weaver's cousin, who you were sent to look for. So kind of like, oh, cool, this, this worked out that you were at this mine. Worked out that you were at this mine, and you're like, okay, how does, how could the Route Zero be through this mine? It's a mine. <laughs> and Shannon's like, yeah, I don't get it either, but Weaver never lies, so if she says it's here, it, it must be. Yeah, at this point, you're just like, all right, this is something weird's going on. Uh, and then the, the more you're in the mine, you're like, okay, how, how would you ever get your car through this mine to deliver anything like it just doesn't make sense yeah it 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 really doesn't at this point i'm like is there like um i don't know an invisible highway or something we're trying to get on like i i I don't know (laughs) it's like strictly thrown my mind into like the supernatural because naturally this doesn't make any sense from here, Conway and Shannon head into the mine. Uh, Shannon also feels like she's supposed to be at the mine, but doesn't exactly know why. She just is like, I think there's something I'm supposed to find here, kind of thing. Um, and so you head into the mine. While you're in the mine, something falls on you and injures your leg. So now you're hobbling around um, in... It, it's actually kind of annoying playing uh, that you move a lot slower. Yeah, <laughs> it, way slower. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's annoying. Yeah, and it's nice because they eventually they give you like a mine cart to kind of ride on, so that made it more bearable. But yeah, the rest of the episode you're limping around, and it's definitely slower. I hope that the next act you're back to normal speed, even if you're you still like talk about like oh yeah it's still pretty sore. Or something like, I hope that's the case, but I hope you don't have a limp the next four episodes. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> While you're, af- after you get put on a minecart to kind of tra- traverse the mine, uh, Shannon tells you that there used there was once a big flood in this mine. And so you kind of get this, um, I don't know, eerie sense of like something bad had happened before she like mentions it a little bit but doesn't go too far in depth as you're going through you also arrive at a stage that apparently folk song folk song archivist used and they would record the songs that the miners would sing shannon tells you that the archivist uh escaped when the mine flooded but that the miners did not um for me i'm like okay these are like strange details and I think it builds intrigue as to what's going on. And you're like, okay, there was stuff that's sort of haunted feeling here. But, like, I don't, again, I can't quite place it. I don't know what's up. Yeah, it did feel eerie. Yeah, because it seems like a lot of them died uh, in the mine. And mm-hmm. it sounds like the mine company, mining company that owned it was, like, really shitty. Uh, so, that, yeah, there could be something, uh, maybe a uh a thread of a story that's going to be throughout the game with those two things. Yeah, they. I think they made a comment about the mining company, like, you had to pay for all of these things. So it was like, oh, you had to pay to have a light, or you had to pay to 
have like a mask to be able to breathe better or like different different things like that the mine the mining company would like just charge their employees all along the way for like safer stuff yeah pretty shitty (laughs) yeah it sounded really bad ultimately you end up going outside the mine outside of it you find some notebooks that are from the archivist and you find out that these archivists were weaver's parents and that Shannon's parents were among the miners that uh, drowned, presumably. Shannon didn't, like, quite tell you this, but it's, like, inferred based on the things you find. Yeah, definitely. Because she knew so much about the mine and all these things and about the tragedy, and her parents are apparently not around or something for some reason. Again, I think more, like, intrigue, more, like, sort of backstory of, like, okay, this is... This is a rough spot. And ultimately, Shannon says, "Uh, okay, can I ride with you? I, like, hitchhiked here. (laughs) And, you know, we could go back to Weaver's house to figure out what she meant about the Route Zero being through the mine. Again, I know she's not a liar, but we didn't find it while we were in there, so maybe she can give us some more guidance, basically. And so you, you head back to the Marquez farmhouse, and while you're there, Shannon repairs the TV. The, the right way, I guess, does it <laughs> better than what you did. And what you see happen is the farmhouse gets replaced by a cave. Conway and Shannon are driving towards the cave. And the episode itself ends with this. And you're like, okay, does the <laughs> the TV, is it like a time jumping thing? Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it definitely left me with a lot of questions. Because that was like the second time that same TV had made him zone out or do something weird. So who knows? I guess we'll find out more in Act 2, hopefully. Uh, right, yeah. I, I figure we, we'll have to figure out how more of this works. But yeah, it just leaves you with this, like, what are all of the things that have happened? So that ends Act 1. Between each act, they have an interlude. Uh, so you get a little bit of other, uh, I don't know, content, I guess, between your acts. So we'll talk about that first interlude, um, which is called Limits and Demonstrations. When you are playing this game, uh, if you've got, at least it, this is how it was on my version, but you have like a circle where you pick the episode and it moves you around um, clockwise and, you know, it, it puts act one and then it puts the interlude and so on. So. Yep. That's how it was for you too. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, yeah. So I guess this is the order I assume it was released in and how you should play it. So interlude uh, number one called Limits and Demonstrations. What you've got is Emily, Ben, and Bob visiting an art exhibit. So these are the people from that D&D game earlier. So kind of strange yeah. to <laughs> see them in a new spot. Also through the episode... I think you see them kind of in the background. Oh, really? At points. At, yeah, I think at the Marquez house, there's a part where they're like right in front of the screen while you're like walking up the path. They're like doing stuff. So I don't, I, or it seems like it's them. So I don't know who they are or what they are. If they're like ghosts or angels or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> angels. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. Demons. I guess they could be that too. Um, they don't seem bad, but they certainly seem... Not normal. Weird with space and... Yeah, weird with space and time. They seem like they could be outside of it in some manner. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, you're there. As those three, you play as Emily. 
you're at this art exhibit by Lola Chamberlain. Um, it's got five pieces that were displayed over like a 35-year period, and her art is known uh, for being notoriously difficult to install. Um, that, yeah, there's just challenges that come with it. It's buildings can't handle it, different, you know, weird stuff like that. Um, and also her art is strange. When you see it, it's, it's bizarre. It is, um, I don't know, I guess taking art to its like, I don't know, extreme image, extreme ways. Like, I feel like it would be like abstract art, even more sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's not, yeah, it's not like a painting or a picture. It's like, uh, interactive kind of, or it's like scene, Mm -hmm. like scenery. There's like the TV with a lamp over it. Um, then there's other, yeah, random interactive things, I guess. Yeah, it's it, it's strange. Yeah, some are interactive. Some of them are things you look at and you're just like, I don't know what this means exactly. Like, yeah, that's, that's really a lot of what it is. And so what happens is you go through each piece, you look at it, and the three of you kind of discuss it as you look at it or interact with it as you look at it. So... Some of these pieces, I I would say the interaction was pretty short, you know. But then uh, there's definitely one that was pretty long where you do it for a while where you're moving like a dial around through things, basically. Yeah, and then there's one that's, yeah, the super long one where it's like like the audio recording where you don't really do anything, but you just listen to it. But that one, I think, was the longest one from what I remembered. Yeah, it was like you moved a dial, and it was different ones of Lola's recordings. It gave me the vibe that maybe Lola was one of the archivists at the mine, is what it seemed like. Because it seemed like she was, like, almost giving, like, notes to herself, kind of like, okay, log 12, um, the miners are singing, blah, blah, blah. Like, it it felt sort of like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I wonder if the interlude... Like how it works is the whatever happens or something that happens will kind of show up in the next act. There's um, something like that. Yeah, uh, that I could see that. That would that would make a lot of sense. Also, um, I think in the in the recording one, it talks about her having two partners who she like worked with, but then kind of went AWOL on them and like moved to Mexico for two years and didn't talk to them at all, but then like came back and then didn't say anything to him and then ran into one at like the grocery store or something. And they were like, Hey, why haven't you reached out? And they were like, well, I didn't know what to say. So I didn't, (laughs) you know, so you you get a, you get just sort of a strange thing from this. I I imagine that Lola seems like she's probably uh, eccentric and smart based on like this exhibit. Like it seems like she's, probably talented and renowned having an exhibit like this, but also uh, strange and maybe has stuff going on. And I guess potentially being traumatized from the miners all drowning <laughs> and you escaping. If, if, if that's part of it, um, I don't know if it is for sure, but it seems like it could be. Yeah. I mean, that would be super traumatizing. Uh, if you're in a mine and no one else can get out because they're all drowning and the company is doing nothing about it. Yeah, kind of, kind of wild. That's really the end of that interlude. So, I guess that'll move us to general thoughts uh, on the game itself, uh, or on Act One. 
for me, uh, I've I, we've talked about it a bit along the way, but I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> but I think that's in a good way. I, I think not knowing what's going on sometimes can be bad, and you're like, I hate this. I don't get it. This one is not that way at all. Instead, I'm like, things are really weird, and I don't get it, and... I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I would like to find out. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, there's like a kind of creepy, maybe not even creepy, maybe more mysterious like undertone throughout the the game. Even like when you're talking to people, the, the, the dialogue is good, but it just feels kind of off. And I don't, it's hard to put my finger on it. But yeah, the whole, the whole time, it just... Yeah, Conway's going just to deliver some antiques to a store, and then all this weird shit starts happening. Just, it doesn't settle right. But yeah, I agree. It's not in a bad way at all. It's very much so. Like, I want to play the next episode and figure out, yeah, what the hell is going on. Like, is Conway crazy? Is everyone else even real? That kind of stuff. Yeah, it really brings up those questions. Um, Because to me, the way that I, like, thought the game was going is, like, you're the, like... It would be if you or I were thrown into this situation. And then everything else around him is weird or supernatural or strange. Um, But I think you bring up a good point. It could totally be the opposite, that Conway is not well. And potentially a lot of these things aren't even happening. Yeah, because he doesn't seem that weirded out by a lot of stuff, at least based on the dialogue. I mean, he'll kind of ask some questions, but he doesn't ever think, "Uh, this is kind of strange. Like, I'm not going to go into that mine shaft to find a state route like that's not a thing but he does he does just he kind of goes with it so it's it's strange that's a that's a really good point you'd think that uh you should be surprised by things like that that you would be like or even like express more annoyment like uh no i don't want to turn on your power to get an address to ask how to get to like this thing you know like um (laughs) i i would be like well sorry person who ordered this thing on five dogwood like i'm not doing it Um, yeah this is too much (laughs) yeah this is this is too too wild to pull off like i don't want to keep playing telephone to do this um but he instead is just rolling with it um that's that's a really good point yeah and then one weird thing too is after so after he goes through the the mine the mine shaft and comes out the other side his car and his dog are there so it's just like how do those get there and he didn't even seem to neither of them seem to be bothered by that so it's just kind of weird. Yeah, just rolling with it. That, yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I think also another thing I was thinking about this game is like trying to describe the vibes of it. I would say that it's sort of a mesh of X Files, Welcome to Night Vale podcast, and Oxenfree. I think for the Oxenfree and X Files thing is sort of that creepy vibe um you know x-files it's always creepy there's some paranormal thing going on and trying to figure out how it's explained this feels certainly like that oxenfree being on that uh saint edwards island or whatever it's called um and like oh right this is sort of spooky what's up and then for welcome to night vale that's a podcast where all conspiracy theories are true basically and so (laughs) it's it's this weird like radio show and um, the dialogue really reminds me of this game. I feel like whichever one came first had to have been an influence for the other one because the dialogue in that podcast is super bizarre and people say all sorts of weird stuff. Um, and it feels very reminiscent of this game. Yeah, that, those are those are good comparisons. 
Yeah, that's cool. Well, one thing I really liked about this was the sound effects. So there's no like audio dialogue or audible dialogue. It's all text you read. But mm-hmm. I think the the music and the sound effects are really good. And in, in particular, one the one thing I really noticed, or the time I really noticed this was, you can go to this um, uh, bait shop, and I don't know if you did this, but you can go to the bait shop and look for Shannon there, and you don't actually go inside. It's all like text describing what you see, and it starts. It like lists like there's these fish tanks with a uh, bait in them, and then you can hear the sound of like fish tanks. And then you can go and look at the fish tanks, and the noise gets louder because you get closer to it. So it just and it just sounds really crisp and real. I, so I think they did that really well, like all throughout the game. Um, just like the subtle sound effects and noises are just sound really good and, and clear to me. That's really cool. I, I didn't I didn't do that. Um, I I didn't go to the bait shop to experience that. That's really cool. I like that a lot. I imagine that like like you said, since it's all like text based for what the characters say and stuff. I bet they really need their sound to like sell you the feel and all of that for what's going on, you know, as opposed to like just reading stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if too, because there's no audible dialogue or audio dialogue, whatever it doesn't, you can hear the, or you're more focused on the background noises. So they just, they pop more too. Yeah, that's true. If they, if they didn't do that, you'd be like silently sitting, you know, reading reading things as it goes which i'm sure there's some elements of that being cool um i guess it would be more like a visual novel or something but like yeah this getting getting the sound in there that's cool i like the music and stuff in the background like the stuff going on is also nice it feels fitting for sure Mm -hmm. cool uh my last thing i had for uh this episode is uh left behind game club uh our friends who do uh, a podcast like ours going through games they have a a full series on this they last year they did uh all the episodes all the interludes i think they've got like nine or ten episodes it's it's a big series but highly recommend checking their series out uh maybe it would be a cool companion listen to you know hearing our thoughts about it as it goes and listening to theirs alongside it or something or you know binge it after the fact but definitely check their stuff out uh they're awesome dudes and make a good podcast so highly recommend checking their stuff out that's real uh, cool as a companion yeah yeah i'm looking forward to listening to episodes once we're done maybe so that i like i don't know can experience it again and kind of see how someone else went through it yeah don't get spoiled either right yeah exactly yeah that's why i might wait until we're done just so to not spoil myself (laughs) that that makes sense to me um one last minor point too i have is um, sometimes I found it hard to figure out what I was supposed to do next in this game. Um, I, I think, and I don't think that's necessarily bad. Um, but yeah, like when I had to go to the mine shaft, I was like, I don't even know how to get there. Uh, the, the map where you kind of travel to the next place, I found a little bit confusing to, to know where to go. So I, that's kind of why I stumbled upon, upon other things, which ended up being cool. But was, I was just kind of going and then I happened to find the mine. Um, so I don't know if that was intentional but it kind of forced me to just kind of wander, and then I got lucky and found it. So I guess you could cut that as either a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, it's weird. and Because um, I think they said, like, oh, you turn um, right at the artificial limbs factory or something, and then you'll <laughs> find the mine. And I'm like, okay, where the hell's that? Yeah, you know? dude, um, never saw it. 
Yeah, it, it and I, I don't know. I wonder if it is supposed to be that way for the game. Like, the whole, like, if it wants you to feel like a truck driver before map quest getting directions. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, in which case, th- that's really good. But you're right. It, it, you know, like, if you felt, if you feel too lost, uh, it won't be immersive. It'll just be annoying. Um, but if it works out right, then maybe that's what they want and it's good i don't know that's a good question yeah yeah i think overall very fun and and intriguing yeah for sure yeah i feel like this this one is intrigue i hope that act two gives us uh some crumbs of answers or something to like hold on to a little more um like you know, obviously I don't want all the answers revealed or something like that, but that would be really nice to have something to latch on to. Like I've got intrigue and now I'm like, show me something like, um, <laughs> and, and, and like hooked in. Uh, so I hope we get some type of reveal of, or learning a little more about a thing. Like that would be cool. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, excited to see what's next for sure. Yeah. Same. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Cool. That's all I've got. Do you have anything else? Nope, nope. That's uh, that's what I got too. Cool. Um, all right. Well, that's Act One, and uh, Interlude One: Limits and Demonstrations for Kentucky Route Zero. If you've got thoughts on either of those, we'd love to hear them. Uh, send them our way. I'd I'd love to uh, talk theories or anything like that. Especially if you're playing along beside us and haven't um, played this game before either. Your reactions would be fun to hear, or what it was like when you first played. That would be cool. But yeah, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at StoryEverPod. Um, our website's thegreateststoryeverplayed.com. That's got a backlog of all of our episodes or, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, that's, it's there too. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash thegreateststoryeverplayed. Um, for that, uh, if you do that for as little as a dollar per month, that will get you access to special uh, bonus episodes we do each month. Uh, talking about things uh, like The Mandalorian Season 1, um, our favorite Pokemon, stuff like that. Um, if that interests you, check that out. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast just to, uh, but can't financially, that's totally cool. Um, you know, Share it with a friend. Uh, you could rate and review us on iTunes or uh, Podchaser or whatever. That would be really helpful. Um, really, anything uh, that can get more people to enjoy games together with us I think would be cool and with you um so that would be awesome if you'd like to do that and uh yeah that's our episode and uh we'll see you next time see ya